0: Says what? The Bible says what? Uh, the Bible says what? What does this Bible say? What? Say what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says what? Well, here we are back again. Hello, everybody. Grace <laughs> uh, and peace. Yes, another exciting, profound episode of The Bible Says What. You find us in the middle of a little... Uh, What is this, a little Sabbath between seasons, Pastor Paul, that we're in? Yeah, a little interlude. Yeah, oh, I like that, an interlude uh, between seasons. We just wrapped one up, and we're talking about the Lord's Prayer. And this is The Bible Says What? Thank you for listening. Click that subscribe button. Share the the, uh, podcast with all that you know, complete strangers at Kroger. We would love for them to listen about Jesus. I am Pastor John Gibson from Living Hope Church in Centerville.
1: And I'm Pastor Paul Dezay from Sandy Hook United Methodist Church in Columbus, Indiana. And man,
0: we are just two pastors navigating together, aren't we, Pastor Paul?
1: We are. We're trying to figure out this thing called the Bible and what it is, what it isn't, and how to interpret it. And if you're like us out there, it's challenging. And so there's a lot of questions, a lot of wrestling going on. And so we just want to dig deep and have a conversation about what does the Bible say? So,
0: it says some weird things, too. I was does, just reading an email today. I, I forwarded you, Pastor Paul, of uh, a guy, one of our listeners, who had some questions. And one of them was, what's the deal with demons and the devil? Are they real, fictional, metaphorical? Uh, what the heck is going on? There was, he also had another question about um, when the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, I believe 12, talks about going to the third heaven. And he said he thought there was only one heaven. He didn't know that there were three. How does he get to that one? good
1: stuff I know
0: I was like man I love our listeners sharing ideas if you're listening out there we would love to talk about your questions on the bible says what so make sure you send us those you can uh, contact us in the show notes here and email us away on our website at podbeam or any of our iTunes or you know the apps that house the podcast we would love to hear from you Um, yeah so we're continuing this conversation on the Lord's prayer today right Pastor yep. Paul, yes, we are. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. Right. So we're we're covering that whole your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven section of the Lord's prayer. And I, this is probably one of my, can you have a favorite
1: part of the Lord's prayer? Is that actually a thing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I, I like this section too, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you're allowed to. You'll have uh, to ask God about that. We'll ask the Lord about that.
0: But I love this because I I just love the idea um, of God's kingdom breaking into our world today. You know, I grew up in the church for a long time and for, for most of my life, God's kingdom was always the thing that we were going to someday, you know, and the older I get and the more I journey in scriptures, the more I love and engage with this idea that God's kingdom is already and not yet. For a lot of my life, I grew up with the not yet part, you know, but there's something mm-hmm. profound about that already thing happening in our midst. So well, let's just start talking about it. What, what, what re- resonates in your heart with this section of the Lord's Prayer, Pastor Paul? Well, I,
1: th- I think about kings and kingdoms, you know, and th- that that's hard for us. I mean, wh- what do you think of when you think of king, right? What comes to mind? You got Martin Luther King Jr., right? You got the Lion King, <laughs> Burger King, Burger King, right? Stephen King. Now I'm hungry. King Walker. of the Hill. Jerry the King Lawler, right? K- king Arthur, yeah, King Arthur, King LeBron James, <laughs> the King, king James version, yeah. <laughs> Return of the King, horrible movie by the way, what's
0: horrible it? movie. Return of the no, that's that's not a horrible one. What was the one? Um, oh, what's the the one action actor? He did um, a Return of the King. It's the guy who played the tra- um, oh the transporter. What's his name?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know who you know. Talking about. What I'm
0: talking about. He Jason did one East. in the name of the king, maybe. Okay. Yeah, He uh, had a horrible movie called
1: In the Name oh, well, of the There king you go, In the like Name that. of the King. Return of the El- King
0: was a good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Lord yeah. of the Rings, right? right. Now, how about how about uh, Elvis, the right? King. I, I, the King. The King. And then we got Elvis Michael stuff. Jackson, the King of Pop. And then, mm-hmm. you know, all the historical. King. I mean, Kings are, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not language that we use, really. I mean, we got pop culture references, sports references. But Kings and Kingdoms isn't something we use today. So I think it's a little tricky to navigate what does it mean for God's kingdom to come, uh, here. Um, and I think that for us, I think we got to try to understand what did Jesus mean when he was using that language and teaching his disciples what it meant. I mean, I think that, uh, for us it's understanding that this section of the prayer teaches us that prayer is an invitation for heaven to invade earth. It's an invitation for heaven to invade earth. And so when we get that kingdom language in there, maybe it's best to kind of say what Jesus was talking about was this kingdom that we call heaven, right? Uh, This kingdom we call heaven. And so heaven is breaking into earth. And so prayer is an invitation for heaven to invade earth. What do you think of that?
0: Yeah, when I think of kingdom too, I think of like, the, the whole of what kingdom represents so like the law the reign the rule the the reality of what it means to live there if I'm if you know in the ancient world if I'm living in a kingdom I'm I'm living in a place where it's providing for me it's protecting me I'm living under its justice and rule now there were kingdoms that were horrific and horrible um, as well but I get the sense that we are coming under this, kind of umbrella of reality that this is what life is meant to be like in this place, this kingdom of heaven breaking into the world. So for me, it's kind of, how am I experiencing the realities of heaven in the present reality of the world? That's kind of how I kind of think. I I, I think so.
1: I mean, I think, I think the, the, the idea of heaven is so important that the kingdom heaven and i think in in uh one of the gospels it says kingdom of heaven the other gospel says kingdom of god it's the same thing and so when you think of heaven all that we know of scripture about heaven that is breaking into the present that is coming here and so for me when i think of heaven i think of that uh either the garden of eden are the last two chapters, the first two chapters of the Bible, last two chapters of the Bible. In Revelation, it talks about the new heavens and the new earth, and there's no more pain and no more tears and no more death, and no more illness. And, And that is breaking into the present through the King, Jesus. So Jesus is bringing this heaven, this no more pain, no more death, no more tears, no more illness into the present. And if you look at all the miracles Jesus did, what were they? They were no more pain, no more death, no more illness. It was all these pictures of heaven, what will be one day coming right here. And I find that fascinating. And that's what we're praying for. We're praying for heaven, no more pain, no more death, no more tears to come here right now. Yeah.
0: That, that little bookend of the of that little section of the prayer. we're praying for His kingdom to come on earth as it is heaven. Your will be done. you know it's always gives me this perception too that right now, this already not yet thing that the will of God is still entering into the world, but but it's still hindered by the realities of our brokenness. And mm. that someday we're praying, God, your will would be done in an unhindered way in the world that no, nothing of the world would stand in the way of what your kingdom is trying to create and fulfill in our midst you know and the the cool part about this section of the prayer and the lord's prayer in general is it invites us into a certain way of life too paul You know, I wonder if you talk about that. I know in a lot of your churches, you kind of use this saying, wherever you are, I I love this and I, I steal it often is wherever you are in Muncie as in heaven, you know, or in Columbus, Indiana as in heaven or in Centerville as it is in heaven. But this section of the prayer invites me not only to pray that that would happen, but the reality is that God is inviting us as followers of Jesus to participate in that coming. You know, that it's an invitation to pray that the kingdom of God comes, but that my life would inhabit or actively perpetuate the realities of the kingdom too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think this is super important because otherwise we disconnect from the prayer. You know, we're praying, okay, God, you do your will. Uh, But in the reality, we know what God's will is, right? No more pain, no more death, no more tears, right? Salvation for everybody. That's God's will. That's God's plan. None shall perish, right? Right. And so when we pray, uh, uh, your kingdom come in Columbus as it is in heaven or in Centerville as it is in heaven, we are uh, doing the things that Jesus did. We are wiping away the tears from people's eyes. We are giving food to the hungry. We are uh, healing the sick. We are doing these things. There's no more pain, no more death, no more tears, no more illness. When we do that in the present, when we become the hands and feet of Jesus in the present, then those things begin to happen around us. Um, because we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus is still doing these things he did on earth uh, through the church. And, uh, so yeah, we're doing his will, uh, as his partners, co-laborers, uh, collaborators. Yeah. I think, and you've talked before in our episodes uh,
0: prior to this, Paul, about how this prayer is formational, you know, it's meant to like form us, into who we are called to be. I wonder what happens though when we stop praying this prayer. Or maybe you're out there and you're listening to this and you don't you don't pray pray the Lord's prayer. You know, but once or twice here and there. I think there's an effect to or effect in our lives when we're not consistently speaking words, specifically words in this section. I wonder what what the outcome is. A lot of times in the identity of the church and in our identity as followers of Jesus, if we disconnect from what this is inviting us to, you know,
1: live out. Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I think you bring up a really good point because I think without this reminder on a daily basis or the disciples prayed it three times a day, without this reminder shaping us and forming us, we become kind of um, this, this gospel of escape becomes our primary way of living. Like, you know, it's not about God's kingdom coming right here, right now. It's about, let me hunker down and protect myself and try not to sin. So I get to go to heaven one day. Uh, and so it's a very much a disconnection from his kingdom work in the present, uh, and focused upon this escaping, you know, I'm going to go to heaven instead of heaven coming here. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah. And, you know, an effect of, the last hundred years too evangelicalism has intensely personalized faith and not all of that is bad I think it's important for us to recognize that God invites us into a personal relationship with him but when we go the to the extreme ends a lot of times that the church has we we disconnect so much from this idea that our we as we enter into relationship a personal relationship with Jesus we're caught up in this thing that is bigger than us that sweeps us up into new purpose and new identity, uh, new perceptions of who we are as the people of God connected to the body. And if we disconnect from that, uh, I think what it does is leads the churches who kind of flounder in purpose and people who, you know, kind of believe that my faith is only about fixing me and making me happier. And really, it keeps us from experiencing the fullness of what this prayer invites us to you know and it worries me sometimes it just as a as a follower of Jesus and a pastor I look around and a lot of people say man the world's just really going through it you know a lot of bad stuff going on around us and it kind of perpetuates this hunkering down thing but this prayer invites us to a perspective that says no matter what's happening in our midst we're always and forever connected to this making all things new project in the world that every pathway of our faith leads us To the place where we are caught up into something bigger than ourselves. Well, I think that's awesome, man. Intensely important, right? Otherwise, what is my relationship with God without that? Yeah. So the gospel,
1: right, isn't escaping to go to heaven. The gospel is that Jesus is making all things new now. And that goes on into eternity, right? And so we get to be participants. Uh, we're invited to partake into the kingdom work. And that's good news. I mean, bozos like us, broken people like us. we're <laughs> <inviting. for> yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, all right. And messed up dude like me, right, uh, is invited to be part of what God is doing in the world to make right. all things new. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I have this relationship with the king, right? And this relationship is about identity. It's about belonging. And it's about purpose. And so I get to participate. And what it, what good news is that? And not just me, but you and every person on the planet is invited in. Uh, and this is the purpose from the beginning. This was that Adam and Eve were uh, called to do. We get to continue the work that was given to them to be fruitful and multiply. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: We're not the only ones to get confused about it either. You know, throughout the scriptures, when Je- even when Jesus came, the disciples and all of his followers were intensely connected to this idea. You know, When when is the kingdom coming? You know, their perception was that they wanted God to come and set up the earthly reign of Israel upon the world. And many believe that, you know, they would... I forget where it is even in scripture. I thought pastors knew all scriptures, but this idea that, you know, the kingdom would come before they perished, you know, or he would, who said that I would see the kingdom of God before I, I yeah, I, Jesus
1: said that in Matthew twenty four, twenty five, the, the, um, discourse where he's talking about, uh, the destruction of the king of the temple. Right. And a lot of people think that's like end time stuff, but he was talking about the destruction of the kingdom and you'll see this. You know, and for those people, they did get to see it.
0: So. yeah. And it leads us into this perception that, you know, God's view of kingdom is already not yet. they're mm-hmm. They're this divine mystery, this mashup of we we can experience the realities of the kingdom of God now and still be hopefully anticipating the completion of that journey in prayer. And I think sometimes it can be discouraging um, for us to to kind of, only be locked into you know one or the other, you know. Is this all there is? Or are we doing good here? If we leave out the the not yet, we're missing the promise that one day there will be no more pain and there will be no more heartache, and we get discouraged. Or if if we're in the other camp and we say someday God will be here, but right now it doesn't matter. It it can't it can't be either or. It has to be both and. And this
1: prayer invites us to that reminder. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise there is no purpose for this life. Right. If we're just kind of holding out for the, the not yet. I mean, it seems like there is uh, re- this eternal life begins when we have this relationship with Jesus and extends on. Right. It's like it's eternity. Death doesn't have Death isn't the end of the story. Right. We we live on. Uh, and so his kingdom work, when Jesus becomes king of our lives, it goes on for eternity, beginning the moment that we pledge allegiance to him. And so the beauty of it is it is it's, a, it's an eternal now. And then it goes on and on and on um, forever in the new heavens and the new earth. So it's not a – it's really just a continuation, right? Um, And I think that's a beautiful thing is that we get to participate now into something that goes on for eternity.
0: I feel like there's a part of this too and maybe this is getting into something totally, you know, not – connected to this, but I know a lot of people's perception, and we talked a little bit about this in the rapture episode, if you want to go back and check it out, uh, in our last season, but this idea of the new heavens and the new earth, you know, if God is going to come and recreate everything and make all things new, then does this world and this earth matter at all? And I think this section of the prayer invites us into a redeemed understanding of what's going to happen to this world here and now. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I like think sometimes sometimes we wrongly assume that this doesn't matter here, that uh, someday God's going to do some, blow it all up and do something new. But what, what do you yeah. think this prayer offers us in that perspective?
1: Paul? Yeah, I think I think what it is, it's a reminder that the things that we do in the present will carry on. God will not waste this work, this like that. Uh, that He's called us to. He, he's he not won't gonna waste, waste it. it. Oh, I love it,
0: that.
1: It 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 carries on uh, and into this new heavens and a new earth, somehow, some way, you know, every song that we, every song that we sing, every good work that we do, uh, you know, all of it, it carries on into the future. And so God doesn't waste what he's called us to do. Um, and you know, that's that takes a long time, I think, to grasp. I think we've been so convinced that what we do in the present doesn't matter that it's hard to imagine that our callings do matter and they do. And, and we, as his image bearers get to continue the work, uh, that was given to Adam and Eve. We get to continue that into the future, which is beautiful. And it matters, man. And it matters.
0: makes a huge difference on, you know, my motivation for how I pray this prayer and how I live my life. You know, if, if what, if what I do and what you do, Paul matters, if what we say matters to each person we come into contact with today, you know, if each word, if each action of my life is is a, a living construct of this section of the prayer, then wow, How, the, uh, the awesome potential of each moment too, that it's not just me saying your will be done your on earth as it is in heaven, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, but may our actions and the activities of our lives be a manifestation of that prayer. If I really believe If you really believe today that his kingdom is coming, his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven, then everything I do brings that to being, you know, with Christ in me, you know.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think there's, it reminds me of something that um, Jesus said in the beginning of Matthew. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, Mm. right? And so as Jesus showed up, this kingdom was breaking in. Uh, and, and so he said this word repent, which oftentimes we get confused, you know, and we churchify the word and we make it much more about, you know, feeling bad for what we've done, which I think there's a component of that. Right. But I think in the purest sense is repentance is changing allegiances from one kingdom to another and so when jesus is inviting us to be a part of his kingdom to turn away from the kingdoms of success and power and sex and all these things and turn towards this kingdom that is breaking in the present and so to really be actively involved in his kingdom work it does require us to turn towards his kingdom to turn towards the king uh to pledge allegiance to king jesus and his kingdom work and i think so often For me, for a good chunk of my life, I've kind of had one foot in one kingdom, another foot Hmm. in the other kingdom. And I've tried to live for Paul Desai and build Paul Desai's kingdom uh, and also build God's kingdom. And I don't think it really works that way. I I think God desires us to be focused in on what he is doing, his will, not our will. Um, And so uh, one of the prayers that I pray on a regular basis is, 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 your kingdom come, my kingdom go. Your kingdom come, my kingdom go. And I think that's at the heart of what this particular section of uh, the Lord's Prayer is, is a reminder that we, as we pray this prayer, we're committing and pledging allegiance to our King. We're turning away from the kingdoms of the world, and we're um, worshiping we're worshiping Jesus the King. And every time we pray that, it is, it's almost like a recommitment hmm. to Jesus our King.
0: Your kingdom come, my kingdom go. That's beautiful. That's our challenge for you as a listener today. Maybe you're riding in your car, uh, taking a break at your lunch hour and listening to this, that the challenge for you, as it is for Paul and I, is to just stop and be reminded of this little section of the Lord's Prayer that invites us to that simple return to who God made us uh, to be right? as citizens of his kingdom. Your kingdom come my kingdom go. I love that. And we just want to challenge you. Maybe that's the the version of the prayer that you uh, speak over your life today as you uh, dive into this beautiful uh, invitation to God's kingdom with Paul and I. And we're excited to continue this conversation. Our next episode, we're going to be kind of moving on, right? So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Right? That's our next section, the next uh, profound and uh, exciting episode of The Bible Says What. We're going to be talking about daily bread, and I love bread, Paul. Who doesn't like bread? <laughs> and I like to eat it every day, so you I'm know. particularly uh, excited about this. And I, I like prayer. doing
1: this keto diet thing, oh, <laughs> so I don't eat bread except on cheat days, and uh, oh man, do I like my pizza?
0: Yes, well, we'll have to eat some bread together on our next recording of our episode. But this has been another exciting episode of The Bible Says What. We hope that it has tickled your brain and stirred your soul just as it has ours. And we can't wait for our next conversation about daily bread. And I've been so happy to talk with you here today. I'm Pastor John. Pastor Paul. We'll see you next time on The Bible Says What. Grace and peace. The Bible says what? The Bible says what? Uh, the Bible says what? What does this Bible say? What? say? what? Say what? What does the Bible say? The Bible says what?